a reading from the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord.
came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed. Father, if you were willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. While he was still speaking, suddenly a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, is it with a kiss that you are betraying the Son of Man? When those who were around him saw what was coming, they asked, Asking him, 
day came, the assembly of the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, gathered together, and they brought him to their council. They said, If you are Messiah, us. He replied, If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I question you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. All of them asked, Are you the Son of God? He said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, I will therefore have him flawed 
that release. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their, their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wounds that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others also, more criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, which shows the one. The soldiers also lied to him coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are a king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last.
When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for the spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph, who, though a member of the council, had not agreed to their plan and action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, <coughs> wrapped it in a linen cloth, and laid it in a rock-hewn tomb, tomb where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed. And they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. words of my mouth and meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God. Innocent. 
Jesus was innocent. Pilate knew it. Herod knew it. Even the crowd who shouts for the criminal Barabbas to be released. A choice which seals the fate of the innocent Jesus. Who among us is certain we would not have joined in the chorus of those who were calling for Barabbas? After all, the momentum of a crowd is overwhelming. Cheering turns to jeering so quickly, and then to violence. We need only turn on the news to see this phenomenon today. It seems to be part of the human condition that we are often too easily influenced by inflammatory speech, by fingers pointed at others, by those who wish to control us with fear. We go along with a crowd out of fear, ignorance, or apathy. We need not join in when everyone around us is calling for Barabbas, but it is more likely than not that we will. How do we own this part of the story? How do we own the fullness of what we are as human beings, of who we are as God's beloved? Know your story. Live it. Today, this challenge, this invitation is more difficult than on many other days because we are confronted with how broken, sinful, self-absorbed, and scared we are so much of the time. But thankfully, this is not the end of the story. Now, I don't have very many days when I wish that we had a big, gigantic screen up here in the church. Because screens are not the traditional physical thing. And like most of you, I'm kind of a traditionalist. But I have found myself wishing occasionally that I had a way to show you something on the screen. Not because I like to introduce technology for its own sake, but because sometimes the challenge of showing you something with my words is not sufficient. The images and the words and the music need more than me, more than the readers, more than the choir, no matter how good. God's word is mysterious and we grab it in different ways. Some of us are listeners, some of us are readers, some of us need to touch and taste and breathe in the scent of incense. Some of us need to listen. I found myself this week going back to the last time we heard this version of the story from Luke. I remembered something that I saw back then that has stuck with me every Palm Sunday since. It was a Lenten offering 
from the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, one of the most renowned and largest vocal choirs in the world. And there's a video which you can see for yourself on YouTube, but which you have to imagine right now. It begins with a picture of a violin playing opening notes and then leads into the familiar music. King of kings and lord of lords, king of kings and lord of lords, and he shall reign forever and ever. The Mormon Tabernacle Choir, 360 people, men and women who rehearsed together and recorded this gift of song. But, this is what I wish I could show you. In this case, they were joined by a virtual choir, only possible because of technology. More than 2,000 other people, black, white, brown, young, old, rich, poor, it wasn't about that. These were thousands of people who signed on to sing their praise to God, and the technology enabled them to do it together in real time. We hear and see the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, and then 2,000 other people who join in from all over the world. You see their faces scattered throughout the choir and on screens all around that enormous room. And together, together, their voices blend in a song of praise rarely heard, a lifting up of the profound, profound gifts of human achievement in song and praise. It's pure, without conflict, simply an offering to God the Creator. You must hear it for yourself to appreciate the beauty and the grandeur. So this too is our story. Human beings gathered in a crowd at our very best, using the God-bestowed gift of music and creativity. A crowd gathered not in fear or anger or violence, but in love. Love for God. And we see and hear how the music and the love transform those who are singing and we who are listening. This is also our story. Human beings created in God's image can reflect beauty and love. We can witness to those aspects of God with our voices, our bodies, our words, our lives. I imagine that this was the song of those waving palms as Jesus entered Jerusalem. A song of praise, of hope, of thanksgiving, being sung by all kinds of people. King of kings and lord of lords, they sang, even though he looked otherwise, right? 
a dusty, ordinary guy riding on a donkey. They waved their palm fronds, the branches all around them as they sang. Who are these people who have this hope for salvation? Who are we who can utilize unimaginable technology to bring diverse voices into a hymn of praise? Today, the Palm Sunday story portrays how easily, how quickly, we can shift from love and adoration to hatred and fear. It seems to be all too human, and I'm not sure we have any power in ourselves to fix this. In fact, I know that we do not. It is only through Christ who offers himself in obedience on the cross. As he hangs there, tortured, mocked, and dying, he prays to God on our behalf. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. This is our story, too. We do not know what we are doing most of the time. We step out courageously to work for justice, for peace. We cower under the covers. We risk our hearts in love. We weep in anger and despair. We write symphonies, sing lullabies, invent life-saving medicines. And we hurt others with our words, with lies, we betray friends, we forget who we are and whose we are. The good news is that today's story is not the end. The cross and the betrayal are not the final word. For we know Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. The story we tell today, the story really happened. People just like you and me sang and waved palms and then shouted for his death. He died a real death. He was buried in a real tomb. Friends and loved ones cried real tears. And then, and then he rose from the dead. The Lord is risen indeed. God has the final word, and that word is life. So this year, this day, this Holy Week, as we walk through Holy Week, we can walk with confidence that the risen Lord walks with us. It's the only way we can actually face the other parts of the story. Because he is risen, we are free, forgiven, and loved. Know this in your heart and live it in your lives. Thanks be to God.
words of the nice barrier. We believe in one God, the Father and the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was a man. For our sake, he was crucified with Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, with the Father and the Son he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and Catholic Church. We acknowledge the one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We will look to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. I ask your prayers for peace, for goodwill among nations, and for the well-being of all people, praying for justice and peace. for all who seek God for a deeper knowledge of God in this holy week. 
Pray that they may find and be found by God. I ask your prayers to the departed, especially Dr. John James Mead, uncle of Patricia Kent. Pray for those who have died.
you're visiting with us, we're especially glad you're here. Trinity folks, please do extend a warm hand and welcome to all those seated around you, whether they're new or not. That's how we get to know one another in this beloved community. And also, please remember that at this table, at God's table, there are no outcasts, no strangers, and no unwanted guests. All are welcome to come and feast at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ, so please do come and be fed. There'll be healing prayer over here during communion. Let us walk in love, as Christ loves us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God.
heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For our sins he was lifted high upon the cross, that he might draw the whole world to himself. And by his suffering and death, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who put their trust in him. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace, and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. In the name of this congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. lives and reigns forever and ever. 